listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 283 and 284 of Fed by Ravens. We are working through the entire story of Scripture in one year, and we're glad you're with us. Let's get right into it, into our Old Testament. Where are we today, Matt? Our Old Testament reading for today is Jeremiah chapter 21 through chapter 25, verse 14. Mm. Sweet Jeremiah. Yeah, so we have, uh, in this, we get introduced to Israel's last king, mm. Zedekiah, who was not even really in the line. He was an uncle to That's right. you got the all previous weird. king. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Zedekiah, he knows Nebuchadnezzar is coming back against him because he, he was actually set up by Nebuchadnezzar because Nebuchadnezzar's already been to Jerusalem, has already taken people away, set Zedekiah up, but Zedekiah rebelled, is trying to overthrow Babylon because he thinks he can, because God's with us, right? We have the temple. And so he sends, uh, the priests to uh, Jeremiah to ask, what is the word of the Lord? We'll surely be victorious against Nebuchadnezzar, right? That's what's so funny. Is they, I thought, is this what we look like? Humans mm-hmm. to God? We, we, do, uh, we ignore God. We don't care. We don't listen to him. We don't obey him. We don't worship him. And then in times of trouble, we're like, we go to the prophet who we hate. Right. And we say, inquire the Lord and then tell us, surely he'll turn Nebuchadnezzar away from us. Right. And the response is... Oh, I'll turn your weapons away from you. And against you. I'm turning, yes. I'm turning everything against you. I am against you mm-hmm. to destroy you, both man and beast. And then I will give you to Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Yeah, he... So the conversation is not, oh, Lord, what's going on? The conversation has shifted to now... Um, listen to the words of the Lord, the judgment, mm-hmm. and God will still give you a way to survive if you listen carefully. Right. Right? So yeah. first it was, so then he goes on about against the city itself. So there's like basically an announcement that this God's wrath is on the city itself. It must be scrubbed. It must be cleansed and purified. Mm-hmm. And Babylon is going to be the tool, the fire, the purifying fire that's going to purify the city. And you just yes. realize... God cares about places mm-hmm. where he puts his name, and it must be cleansed. Yeah, so it's the city, and then it moves to the house of David. The house of David, yeah. Which is the kingly line, and he's being very clear. Like, look, if you uh, execute justice and uh, deliver the oppressed and help the needy, you'll have righteousness. You'll have righteous kings in and out. Of these gates all the days. But that's what it looks like, right? Like, their kings were so um, corrupt in Mm -hmm. terms of taking advantage of the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widows. And and so God's just disgusted by it. He's like, come on. Mm -hmm. And then he even gives out hope. He's like, you know, if you obey, you will have this king forever. But if not, it's just you're going to be totally desolated and wiped out. Right. And so uh, the... In this section then, so he deals with the city of Jerusalem, he deals with the house of David, and basically says, the wind shall shepherd your shepherds. Um, You treasured people 
more you've you've treasured uh, things more than people, mm-hmm. and so you're going down. So even that the house of David is like going down. Mm-hmm. Then in twenty three, it's against the so it's the prophet, priests, and kings. Now you go for the prophets and the priests, the shepherds and the prophets. Mm-hmm. And he says, "I'm going to destroy and shatter, uh, scatter you." And then, but laced within there is this little, like, hope, right? God will gather his flock from all countries and bring them back to the fold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone, like, there's going to be a king. The city will not be, like, he's going to lay everything to waste and scatter because it's so riddled with sickness, Mm -hmm. like the death, right? And so this is where you get the righteous branch Mm -hmm. will come. But the whole story is changing now. And he says straight up, like, you're no longer the people who uh, were... Uh, delivered from slavery in Egypt. Right. You're now going to be the people delivered from the north. Mm-hmm. Like God has to do an amazing exodus out of the north from Babylon. Mm-hmm. Like your story, your identity is changing because of your sin. That's basically 23, right? Uh, yeah. And then, or 23, and then the rest of 23 is he deals with the lying prophets. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, I, realizing, I think, when a prophet gives good news or announces peace when there shouldn't be any peace among the people of God because they're so far realizing oh that's not good yeah the the stuff to um, the prophets the lying prophets they would say you know let me take off the burden of the Lord and the Mm -hmm. response is you are the burden I cast you off yeah and yeah this is what I deal with after reading these things now connecting to it in ministry, the temptation to only announce gospel and good news mm-hmm. to so many people who are living in sexual sin as if God has nothing to say about it. Right. Or living in financial sin as if God has... Or living in uh, lying mm-hmm. patterns of lie as if God has nothing to say about it and then announcing to them that Jesus loves them and died for them. I felt so guilty this mm-hmm. morning. I was like, God, have mercy on me. Forgive me. I, and, I, and, you know, it was scary because it's like there are times where I want to be liked and I want mm-hmm. to be, and, I, and he says here to the prophet, stop and listen, go in and listen to the Lord. So it drove me to go, okay, Lord, am I listening to you or am I just taking the, the message that seems right based on my academic or am I actually going to you and listening? What do you want to say to your people? Hmm. That's what Jeremiah says here. Yeah. None of the prophets, they were doing whatever's in their own mind. Yeah. So the responsibility for me is not to have an amazing, be the lead communicator of a thriving church. Mm-hmm. My responsibility is to be listening to God. God, what do you want to say? And if he says, tell him I love him, then I tell him I, that he loves them. Right. But if when I do it on my own, I run the risk and am a false prophet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I felt really sad for that today. But guess what comes behind that sadness? Like I heard the voice of God this morning say to me, Adam, I've given you my son to forgive you. And he dies for you. And for his sake, your sins are forgiven. I'm like, oh, thank God I'm not staying as a false prophet. And I'm not always a false prophet. Yeah. I mean, I try never to be. Right. (laughs) Don't misunderstand me, people. But these are the things that we begin to deal with when we look at God's story. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you, you were saying earlier, and we've said he was going to the kings and the prophets and the priests with the word of God. They were supposed to disseminate it. Yes. And they throttled it instead Mm -hmm. and tried to kill it. Yeah. And, yeah. 
by and literally trying to kill the prophet. And that's what we do. And why would they do that? Yeah. Oh, because they liked their comfort. They mm-hmm. liked their power. Mm-hmm. Why do we throttle the word of God? Because we like our sin. Mm-hmm. Because our hearts are sick. But Jesus forgives us. And that's the thing is that you see God, even in chapter 24, holding out, constantly holding out, still like mercy. Mercy and hope. Yeah, so um, he, uh, Jeremiah gets another vision. Yeah. Well, uh, he which, actually hears God, so here's what he hears. Is it a hear or is it a... Well, see, but I mean... The it's idea, a vision, yeah. The idea is he goes before the council of the Oh, Lord yeah, yeah, yeah. And receives something, like yes. a vision, yeah. Yeah, so he's actually going to God for... Like, God, what do you have to say about what's going on? Yes. And so he sees a, a vision, um, and it's another, it's two baskets of figs. Mm. There's uh, really, really good figs, and then there's uh, figs that are so bad, no one could eat them. So like rotten, I imagine, filled with worms and yeah. maggots. Uh, and so the Lord just, I love how the Lord just simply, he's so like, what do you see? Right, what do you see? <laughs> I see good figs that are good for eating and other ones that can't be eaten. Yeah. Right. Oh, good. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Yep. You are hearing me. He, he does like a good reflective. He does. God's <laughs> perfect in reflect, reflective listening. And so, so he then says, okay, you want to know who the good figs are? It's the people who've already been exiled with, by Nebuchadnezzar. So just as a quick like uh, refresher on our history, history yeah. here, uh, we had Josiah, who is the good boy king that Jeremiah actually started his ministry during Josiah's reign and Josiah was a really great king and then everything was going well until he went up against uh Necho Pharaoh Necho and when God told him not to and he died going up against Necho and uh right after that Necho then took um Shalom his son Josiah's son and brought him into exile into Egypt and set up someone set up another king then, not long after that, Nebuchadnezzar came and uh, took over and took Jehoiachin, or Kon- Koniah, as they say, as like almost like a pet name, and they take him, he takes him into exile, and I think, I'm pretty sure Daniel is among those exiles, yeah. the first exiled. And so he, he goes in, and he takes actually all the best of uh, Jerusalem. Right. All that Jerusalem has to offer, he takes the best. And so... The Lord says the good fruit, the good figs, are those people that Nebuchadnezzar already took from Jerusalem. He took them into exile, and they're going to be preserved in exile. Right. And they, they will actually one day return back to the land. The bad figs are the ones that are still in the land with king, evil king Zedekiah, and they're going to be destroyed and wiped from the land. Yeah, and his description in verse 7, chapter 24, verse 7 where he says, I will give them, um, well, he talks about, I will, I will not tear down, mm-hmm. and I will build up, and I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. Against that idea, he's giving us a heart to know. Mm-hmm. And that's the faith that's a gift from God by the work of Jesus Christ. It's pretty cool. And to the bad, I, so basically, I remember too, um, a moment in one of the prophets where maybe it was Isaiah or someone saying, um, no, it was in Kings. And they were saying we should go or we should stay. Remember they were saying, no, we should not just go. Maybe it was Jeremiah saying we should, everyone should go 
And they were upset. Like the the other prophets were like, "No, we shouldn't surrender and just." Oh, go. oh, you mean um, surrender? Yeah, he actually says this in twenty five. Yeah. Um, or he says this. Oh, you're right. In so, one of our readings. But so I just remember reading this earlier in Kings, where the, the debate was, "Let's just go and surrender to Babylon." Yes. And that's yes, what you're supposed to yes. do. And everybody was upset and like, "No, no, never surrender. God's going to deliver us." Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's what the figs. Is mm-hmm. really articulating because the, the bad the ones who stay are going to be a horror to all the kingdoms on the earth. And they're, yeah, and they're um, in active rebellion because God's saying, You're done here. Right. I'm telling you to just give up and go so, away, let the land rest. And so those people who can actually listen to that. And here's what that looks like when you listen to it because in the remaining of the reading is pretty much just. Uh, go and serve Babylon for 70 years, mm-hmm. come back, and then I'll punish Babylon after these 70 years. Yeah. But what, what it's doing and, and what you see the rhythm it's putting in God's people is like repentance and belief. Yes. Repent and believe. So leaving the land is repent. Mm-hmm. It's like changing your ways. The only way you're going to change is to go away. Mm-hmm. So we go away from our sin to a new place, and it's painful, and it's different so that God can then bring us back into the thing we wanted. Usually sin results from worshiping something created instead of the creator. Yeah. So he resets us in those areas of our lives, brings us back. So now we can worship God in that relationship, yeah. in that job or vocation, with that money or lack of money. Like, And so there's this muscle memory that I think God's building where it's like repent, go away, and believe, and be brought back into the places God has set apart for you. Yeah, by and he's breaking down the muscle memory of sin. Right. He's like, you're not changing while you're in this place, so I'm going to change right. your location. And so then, hopefully, when you re-engage mm-hmm. this land, you have this horrible identity of mm-hmm. we were exiled and we were saved out of that. So now you do oh, that. Man, that's good. So instead of taking 70 years, because of the work of Jesus, my turnover now, of exile, repentance, and belief uh-huh. can be minutes. <laughs> I can yes. go, oh, I don't feel right, Lord. Oh, it's because I'm looking to this created thing for everything mm-hmm. I need. Forgive me in the name of Jesus Christ. So I feel the pain of being exiled from God. I feel that wrongness. I repent, and then I receive forgiveness, and I'm ushered back into the relationship with the created thing, only this time holding the hand of my creator. Man. It's pretty cool. So, like you see those rhythms start to uh, emerge from the story, daily rhythms of repentance and forgiveness and absolution. You are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. Cool. cool. Thanks, Jeremiah. That's awesome. Now we go to the New Testament. Our New Testament reading for today is First Thessalonians chapter two, verse seventeen through chapter four. So we have Paul, because again, if you remember, he's he only spent three weeks with the Thessalonians, so he's constantly being like, uh, I really want to see you guys again. I want to see you guys. I want to be with you. I'm hearing all these great things. Uh, he even has to say that when they were during, when they had to flee all the Jewish persecution yeah. uh, and settle in Athens, he's like... I knew I couldn't go back to you, so that's why I sent you guys Timothy. 
and Timothy's been with you, and he's brought back this amazing report about you guys, and I'm so happy. That's what this whole book opens up. All these letters open up understanding the book of Acts. Uh-huh. Like the timeline makes these make so much more sense because reading, yeah, reading this now, it's like, oh, they endured some traumatic experiences yeah. together. Like heroic stuff is happening. He barely escaped. I mean, he even says Satan hindered us, and mm-hmm. they all know what he's talking about. Right. But then at the end of chapter two, he's like, for what is our hope or joy or crown or boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Again, he's he's reinstituting and going to talk about the Lord's mm-hmm. coming again, which is our great hope, especially for people who are enduring affliction. Yeah. But he says, is it not you? Yes. You are our glory and our joy. And like the crowns are the relational investments mm-hmm. we've made into each other under the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's the heart of God, right? To know the heart of man and to walk with us and be our God and us to be his people. So to the extent we administer God's grace and the gospel, that's our crown and our joy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's pretty cool. And so, um, therefore, he goes on, and that's what you were saying. Yeah. Chapter 3 is really just like, <clears throat> we're living this uni- unity thing out. Yeah, because he was like, I was so worried about you guys. I only got to spend three weeks, and they were like shaky three weeks at best. Right. And and I knew like the guy, Jason, who put me up got in trouble, mm-hmm. and I was so worried that you guys would just fall away. So I had to send Timothy to check on you. And praise God, you guys are still in it. You're in it to yeah. win it. It's amazing. I thank God for you guys. Um and I think it's really just like a breath of fresh air for him. Yeah. He's, he's just like, oh, this is so good. You know, you have your you have your churches that are struggling. You have mm-hmm. your churches that are fighting. And then you just have like, you guys are really encouraging. You guys are real adults. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And unfortunately, it's because they're enduring the most. Yeah. That's the saddest part. It's like it takes tragedy to make us behave in unity and faith. Yeah. So like he's like, look, I hear... You guys are like acting, living in love, and all I can say is keep going. Yeah, do it more. Like I, I don't know how else to say it. He even hits the unity thing. I think in was it in first in chapter four or is in I'm trying to remember. It was pretty great because he he's like I, I don't even have to write about yeah. to you about unity, um, but all I can say is keep going. Yes, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's towards the end of three, and so then he prays this prayer. You know that uh, that. God, the Father himself, and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. Mm-hmm. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love one for another and for all as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Again, mm-hmm. you see like he's dropping. Jesus is coming back. There's an end to suffering. And um, keep going in your unity. But then chapter 4, he's like, finally... Uh, I have to tell you some things I didn't get a chance to, and you get you get some insight on maybe what the church at Macedonia and Thessalonians, what they were dealing with. Right. Because his big thing here is sexual purity, at the beginning. Oh, and actually, no, you are well, the good no. on love. The good on love thing comes in the middle, but I mean, I think there's some sexual thing because he says straight up, like the will of God. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Well, yeah, so I think he's reminding them. I think, so the beginning of chapter 4, this is how I read it, and I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, This is how I read it. He says, for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. And so he's kind of refreshing, like, 
I know I was able to say these things to you. Right. Let me re sum up. Abstain from sexual immorality, which is, again, like the main Gentile thing that they were supposed to do. Like when they did the ruling at the Council of Jerusalem. Oh, yes. He's like, abstain from sexual immorality. Boom. We knew that. And from that, drinking that's, blood. Yeah. So we said that. Um, and he says, and he says, because that actually leads into transgressing against one another, which is really interesting. I was thinking about this in light of our current cultural context in 2018 right. of going, oh, wow, yes, sexual immorality really leads to uh, transgressing and hurting each other. Yeah, it's me- it messes up a lot of things. See, I, I, I agree with you. I think the context definitely is to Gentile people who are in a, uh, a world of worshiping idols mm-hmm. with sex and mm-hmm. blood sacrifice, things like that. And so, um, but to me, it's like very clear yeah. where he says, this is the will of God. Yes. Your sanctification. You abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Mm-hmm. I just think it's good in every once in a while to hear are you godless? Right. If you're godless, then do whatever you want with your body. If you believe in a god, then you you use your body in holiness. Mm-hmm. That no one transgresses and wrongs his brother in this matter of mm-hmm. sexual purity, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. Now this is weird because <laughs> in 2018 we're dealing with like allegations of of rape and things mm-hmm. like that. Are really kind of. And as a pastor, I'm feeling the climate. I feel really sad for everybody because, mm-hmm. first of all, there's a lot of sexual transgressions against women and people. It's very sad. Right. But even more than that is everybody wants to be get revenge. They want to be the avenger, yeah. It's like an insatiable appetite to bring justice to the men who did this to them, which is it's a black hole. You can't ever, you'll never get enough. And that's why I think it's interesting. The Lord is the avenger. He's the one who defends us. And Mm -hmm. he's the one who brings justice. And we'll only be free when we give that right to avenge Mm -hmm. and justice to God, who is capable of doing that. Then we can be free from this stuff, horrible stuff. But as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Mm -hmm. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So for Paul, sexual union is intimacy. It's what mm-hmm. the false religions say it is. It's yeah. passing power and passing, mm-hmm. becoming one in unity. But again, it's counterfeit to manipulate God's, and God's given it to us under him. It's We worship the creator right. within marriage and holiness. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then he goes on to the brotherly love thing, which is like, you guys are doing great. You guys are, That's where you were saying Yeah, that. you guys are crushing it. I don't even have... like. He says, you have no need for anyone to write to you about this. But check this out. I think in the context, too. So so they're doing good. Yeah. They're unified. But he has to say this, I think, because when you are being generous, the opportunity for people to take advantage of that mm-hmm. and for codependent, sick relationships, it's kind of a hotbed for yes. sick, yes. codependent relationships. Yes. He says, um, aspire to live quietly. So we urge you, brothers, to do more and more. So mm-hmm. keep taking care of each other. You're doing great. But live quietly and mind your own affairs to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Mm-hmm. 
I just love the balance. It's this constant yeah. relationship. Like, we need to all share and take care of each mm-hmm. other. And then Paul's like, yeah, you should also be dependent on no one. Right. So what is it? Right. We're the ones always looking for it to go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Paul is the one who's saying, no, there's times when we need to be totally uh, helping each other out. And then other times where we need to take care of our own business. Be, uh, don't be dependent. Don't take out loans. Don't always look for someone else to answer your questions. But you, go, you have access to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I thought that was pretty good. And then it, he finally ends where we go through. Uh, yeah, we go through all four. So all four. He, he finally gets to the, the big theological question. Right. So that's why I feel like that was kind of like a, I know these are the things I hit while I was right. there and I was able to talk about. Now, here's something that I wasn't able to talk about, and I know you guys are going through some times right now, hard times right now, but um, I just want to comfort you and let you know that those who are dead aren't going to remain dead, so you don't have to mourn for them improperly. Yeah, it is. I mean, actually, it's strangely, I think, kind of like our culture, the things he's saying. Because we don't understand sexuality. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, okay. We do, and we, we don't understand anything about death. Mm-hmm. We, actually, we actually aren't familiar with death at all. And so, um, well, we are, but you know, we don't kill our own chickens or anything now. <laughs> but um, he's like, we don't grieve like others who have no hope. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear people uh, will talk about, um, well, when I die or my funeral, we'll do a funeral and those, the people who passed away say before they die, oh, I want a celebration. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, like, oh, celebrate. It's a life celebration of mm-hmm. their life. Mm-hmm. But in reality, um, it's really hard. So when you're asked to do that, you get it. And you're like, yeah, let's remember the good. But you have to recognize, no, death is awful. Mm-hmm. And it's awful that this person has passed away. It's not right. It doesn't feel right. Because it's not right, and we should mourn and have some closure, but we can engage being sad because we have a hope that we'll see them again. Right. So we don't grieve like others who have no hope, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Then he says, so we don't grieve like that, but then here's something else you need to know. That uh, we who are alive, who are left, until the coming Lord will not precede those who fall asleep. Yeah. So he's saying, look, those who have fallen asleep, they're not like gone. Mm-mm. They're going to be resurrect- resurrected. They're already with God now. Right. They're with him. And so it's us who are the last ones. Mm-hmm. If we're still around when the Lord comes back, and by the way, here's how the Lord comes back. He descends from heaven with a cry, a command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of a trumpet. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like he's coming back in a secret? No. Is he quietly just coming back? No. No. He's going... The same way he ascended is the yeah. same way he'll return, the angel said in Acts. And so Jesus Christ is coming back with the trumpet of victory, right. declaring what's his, not sulking, shamefully stealing right. like a fox in a chicken coop, like, hey, I'll take one here, take one. No, it's mm. not a secret. It's ba 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 ba. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those, we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with him in the clouds. Yeah, so what's kind of cool and. This is kind of like a historical thing where when a victorious king Mm -hmm. came back to his city, the people of the city would run out, meet the king, and have a parade back into the city. So this idea of Jesus will descend, we meet him up 
in the clouds, and then we come in a parade back down to the earth. Back to the earth, yeah. So we're running out to the clouds mm-hmm. to meet him, and then when we get our resurrected bodies, we inherit mm-hmm. the world. The meek yeah. shall inherit the earth. That's not a lie. It's a resurrected earth. It's a uh, new heavens and new earth. And he says, so encourage one another. And, and that's his point. Is like It's not huge mystery stuff. It's not secret, super special information he's like no it's very easy Mm -hmm. he's coming back and all who have died are gonna rise because i think the ideas are the people who've already died gonna miss out right yes and it's like no 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 because that's what you just think you're like oh if they died they missed out on the The same way i would miss out on the king Mm -hmm. victory if i died two months early right and And so he's like no encourage each other we don't grieve like others because we're gonna rise again just like jesus christ rose from the dead nice boom yeah Our psalm for today will be Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With with my whole heart I will seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Boom, you've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.